0: Mark, can you remind me again where it is in the Bible where it says, teach, give a man a fish and you'll feed him for a day, mm. teach a man the fish and he can feed himself for a lifetime.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's the book of Job right after uh, it speaks about taking the great fish, the Leviathan into him, mm. uh, and defeating him and pulling him by a hook in his nose that then God also says, teach uh, a man to fish.
0: Right. But but there was some controversy with that in the book because like this fish was so big right. that it could have fed everybody. That's,
1: oh, actually, okay. <laughs> You're trying to do a bit, but in the Jewish Midrash tradition, uh, they did say that God killed the Leviathan in the beginning of, of creation. Right, yeah. Salted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stored it away for the righteous to eat in the life to come so that's what we're eating in heaven baby it's nothing but fish nothing but fish and hey that's well- <laughs> why we eat
0: fish on fridays that
1: is exactly why welcome to new polity podcast where we teach you to make friends with the mammon of iniquity uh, i'm here with dj palestine jacob a mom, who um has once had money and i who <laughs> really hope Joe Biden forgives my student debts. And between us, we have the qualifications necessary, I think, to tell you what the Bible says about money. And not just the Bible, but the whole tradition of the church.
0: So that's what we're going to do. And today we're going to talk specifically about this idea of teaching a man to fish. Who
1: said that? Like, really, though?
0: It sounds like a Benjamin Franklin thing, actually.
1: I mean, you guys, you've heard this, right? So the, the teach a man to fish and... You feed him for a... No, no, no. I got it wrong.
0: Give a man a fish. Let's just say that it was All right, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin yep. said in page yep.
1: 27 of his famous book, It's Me, Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, give a man a fish. Feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish. Feed him for a lifetime. And I don't know about you, Jacob, but growing up, um, conservatives would sort of say this um, in response oh, yeah. usually to, like, a question of government handouts mm-hmm. or or sort of unthought charitable giving, it would be a way for them to say, um, don't necessarily just give things. Yeah. Like give people the ability. I mean, this is the best view, I think, of the phrase, give them the ability to get those things for themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that is even more of a charitable read or applied in a more probably you know good way than than it usually than i usually heard it growing up usually i heard it when we were passing a homeless guy on the street (laughs) and it was like don't give him that fish don't you do it don't you dare give that man that fish
1: yeah because
0: it was like more go off and make a job for him to work
1: oh wow so actually actually not even so you're not even necessarily giving him the knowledge of how to fish in this fishy metaphor yeah exactly you're just sort of creating the conditions by which he might
0: yeah so so ironically jacob, they didn't even listen to this whole phrase jacob
1: that's just evil
0: <laughs> i I, am, I ain't defending it today You
1: know, well it's interesting because it sort of reminds me of i think it's a, a letter of james in the new testament where it says don't don't walk past a man and say uh if he's cold like be warm be well uh oh give yeah. him your coat
0: yeah absolutely
1: um, so in a similar way, it's actually just forgetting the second half of the phrase and saying like, "Gee, I hope somebody teaches him to fish sometime." But
0: <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. It's like if you don't just pass a man and say yeah. to, to pray for him, you know.
1: But the, the point is, I mean, that... even
0: when Peter and John passed the yeah. beggar by the temple, at least they gave him the ability to walk again.
1: That's true, and I think there's a so there's a <laughs> there's a resonance here for Christians. There's there's a nice resonance because fish are are fundamental, weirdly, to the Gospels. Um, they're in the old Testament, they're in the new Testament, they're the sign of the Christian. So I don't think it's an they're accident. they sign that, of the nation. Yeah, exactly. And so, mm-hmm. so it takes a kind of broader exegesis, but there's a reason why this phrase I think resonates strongly with like the conservative mind, which is already steeped in Christianity, mm-hmm. um, to say, uh, that when we talk about economics, we're going to do it through this primary metaphor of fish. I think it's actually really cool. Um, it might be the only good thing I can say about it at this point, but <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to look at that and say, okay, fine, let's, let's have the fish metaphor. And then let's ask, what does the church say? Yeah. We should be doing with the man who's hungry and wants to eat trout
0: <laughs> <laughs> or something better. Trout's not bad,
1: but anyway,
0: so let's, let's look at this idea. Okay. So there is this fundamental concept that, that usually the conservative is responding to, where the socialist will say, "You got to give that man a fish every day for the rest of because the- you give him one fish, you know he's going to de- die tomorrow."
1: Right. AKA welfare.
0: Yeah, AKA welfare. So, what's the problem with this and that this phrase "teach man a fish" captures?
1: Mm. Oh, you're asking? Yeah, me. yeah. Question oh. mark. Sorry. Well, it just seems. I think there's something good here, right? That it just seems lame to be feeding a grown man.
0: (laughs) I I know that we're mixing
1: metaphors here because like, you know, it's not just food that people need, right? But the reason the metaphor has power is you get this vision of, okay, I've got to give this man something. And then I have to give it to him again and I give it to him again And really what that is it just seems like a form of power over that person. It's like they're totally dependent on you mm-hmm. for the food and and you know if you take the analogy to what it actually is trying to say it's like well then you have people who are totally dependent on the welfare state for their basic material existence mm-hmm. uh, they depend on the government they're dependent on they don't they don't learn so that because that's the second part of the metaphor right They don't develop the habit the skill the ability by which they can provide for themselves and then be able to provide for others. Yeah, I think that's super cool. I mean, the critique is cool. The critique is cool. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think the critique is is correct. Okay. In, in a in a real sense, primarily there's this understanding that you need to have. There is a kind an understanding of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get to work, bust your butt. Can we don't a, don't do rely. something
1: on bootstraps at some point? Yeah. I, I've never I, seen a bootstrap, but I'm supposed to do so much on their basis. <laughs> it's
0: because you never lived in Texas, man. What are those? Yeah, you have a zipper on the of that. I got you know you know
1: Andrew Willard Jones just like rips into me every time I wear zipper boots. I've, I've seen him it's, do it. It's like it's this millennial thing for him. It's like equivalent to like to like liking avocado toast or something. He's like, oh, he's this douche in his zipper boots. I'm I've like, seen what it what one time
0: in action. He's just insulting you zipper for zipper boots, boots, boots. And, then, are... and then and then and then you kind of look down sheepishly at your feet, and he goes, oh. He didn't realize you were wearing them. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. They're they're actually pretty cool, dude." They, oh yeah.
1: yeah, was trying to like pretend like he wasn't being. Yeah, no, zipper boots are convenient. Anyone who says otherwise has just got some weird ideological thing going on that they can't they can't just admit that it's awesome to be able to take off your shoe and put it on in one fluid motion. It is. Forget yeah, them. It's like, uh, sure, slip-ons. sure, my young. Two-year-old child also has zipper boots. But you know what? I think there should be more unity between father and son in those troubled times. Okay, but we're not talking about bootstraps. We're talking about fish. And you were just diving a little deeper into what's right about the kind of conservative adage.
0: Yeah, because the idea with the economy as a whole is that you're raising people up into participation in it, where you're Mm. actually – raising them to have real habits of soul skills that they can contribute. And then why do you bless say others with why, Yeah.
1: But why do you say that you said the idea of the economy as a whole, what do you mean by that? Like what economy should be?
0: What an economy should be because, uh, oikonomia, Greek word, I promise it's not going to get too boring, but it really, the word itself means household management. Mm. Like that's what the economy is. It's always based upon is a household is a family Taken care of, right? And this is w- the way that you find all the ancients starting out their their commentaries on on the politics. Mm-hmm. Um, Aristotle, most famously amongst them, is that you can't have a political order until you have multiple economic orders. Mm. So you can't have a a, a polity, a city, yeah. until you have multiple families. Right. And so when you and, and so if you're going to take the model of the economy, and we should do this, to be the family itself. Then we actually get to the uh, to a place where we realize, oh wow, we really do give people a fish every day. And we call those children, mm. right? So at that point, you're, I mean, and this just happens for decades where you just do <laughs> give out fish every day.
1: Yep. <laughs> love you, Dad.
0: <laughs> and uh, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong at all with that. It's beautiful. It's how things should begin in our economy with gift, yeah, with love, and won't we'll get. To that more, but it's directed at raising up people so that they, in turn, can go about doing God's work. Right. Instead of always be, you know, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And we are being raised up into being sons of God, fellow brothers of Jesus Christ. Right. And insofar as we participate in His life, yep. under God the Father, we are to serve And not be served.
1: Mm, I'm feeling it. And I I think that, you know, when Paul talks about rising to the full stature of Christ, Mm -hmm. he he kind of redeems this. Because I think you can get kind of pagan with this, right? The idea that the family is there to simply, like, produce powerful, independent individuals. Right. Right, So this is often how liberalism speaks of the family. It's like, why are you giving these kids fish? So they can leave your weird family zone and Mm. enter the, enter the real voting zone. (laughs) It's so lame. There's nothing lamer than liberalism, but. um, Why
0: do we talk about lame things all the time? I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll get over it.
1: Yeah, it's totally. Um, But what what you're, what you're indicating here is this redemption in which like, it's not a leaving of the family. Like the family isn't orientated towards its own demise. It's actually orientated towards breaking open to this larger family of God, right. Mm -hmm. To, to raising citizens, for heaven ultimately, that's right. which is super awesome. And, and, and what I'm, what I like about the, so this is really the critique of socialism, right? In a certain way, or at least a critique of kind of like boring welfare statism, right? Which is that it basically treats people like children that never grow up. So it's not simply that, and I, and I, and I people will give us some, you know, they'll give us some blowback on this, right? Like this isn't how socialist states really work. There's, um, and yeah, maybe you can nuance the word socialism and talk about a particular time, particular place in which it's being implemented. Yeah, and, and but I want to talk about about our town, yeah, right? Yeah. Because like, look, you can you can rag on conservatives for being heartless all you want, but it is a legitimate, actual problem that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people who are habituated, habituated into just being children under the state.
0: Oh man, and, and, and like let's... to
1: deny this because because of some kind of like uh, um, recognition of their dignity, I think is foolish. Because the dignity, it's true that like they're, that is not what they are, and people do fall in hard times, and people do need assistance. Yada yada yada. But man, when we look at our welfare systems, we're talking about the maintenance of a perpetual renting class. We're talking about people who are trained and born into second and third generations of families uh, that have deep dependence to the point where like I talk with some of my friends who are in this situation, uh, here in our town and they're the greatest pride they have is in the maintenance of never working, of always being able to get disability and, um, unemployment assistance in order to maintain a lifestyle that, um, frankly is childish. Like it, tends to revolve around video games and such. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like this kind of reactionary thing to say that this is a real problem. And it really weakens I think the leftist case when they pretend like this doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I think that's true. But not to get on my I high horse, I'm sorry. Well, no, no, but it's true <laughs> and people should know that this is this is not something that's too abstracted for us. We live in a small town where we have the highest percentage of HUD housing in the entire United States. So we yeah. we're surrounded, as as it were, uh, by this by this problem. Not I'm not saying these people, but by this problem, which is administered by people who don't live here. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's 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 frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to just say that this is a leftist agenda thing, mm-hmm. an LBJ war on poverty uh, predicament that we mm. still find ourselves in, because. This would never happen. We would never actually even be in this situation if it wasn't for the capitalist agenda itself. I mean, the first time that you ever find a welfare state re-arising in Europe after Christendom was with the capitalism of King Henry the Eighth.
1: Oh, I don't know any talk about that. <laughs>
0: well, Henry VIII seized the church property at the Reformation. Now, this pr- church property was not just uh, owned by bigwig cardinals and bishops who had, you know, their steak every night and their mm. lobster on the weekend. Mm. And, uh, and were really, you know, cowing over the peasants right. of the land. It didn't operate like that at all, actually, um, much to the chagrin of the happy liberal that likes to harp against the dark ages. What it really was is that the, the church land was primarily common land, or rather could be distributed out to those who needed it. And that's really what happened. And that's why we didn't have a welfare state is because the church itself was giving productive property to people in order that they might be raised out of their dilemma. So and, actually
1: giving them land to farm on? You mean? Yeah. Wow. Really? Wow. Awesome.
0: And so as soon as that land was seized by Henry and given out to what uh, Belloc called the Reformation capitalists uh millionaires excuse me whereas uh <laughs> that's very different but he says that this was the founding of the capitalist state so that's why i mix oh, it mix it up that's so um, depressing because what happens at that point is that capital productive right. labor productive mm-hmm. property excuse me was put in the hands of few right to be managed for many right and this maybe it sounds like socialism or 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 a uh, kind of a matured communism and really that's what that was as well. But but it was sure. but it was the beginning of a competitive free market as it were, with yeah. some people winning the the free market competition. You know, this and is, others losing.
1: You're it. you're touching on something that's another conservative adage, which mm-hmm. I think we should look at in reference to this this question of, of what to do with our fish. Um, which is that when conservatives talk about charity, mm-hmm. um, they often distinguish in a kind of like reminiscent boomer-esque way between what used to happen where they say, when I was, when I was young, the church would take care of the poor, the churches would take care of the Mm, poor. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And in contradistinction to now it's the state, now it's the welfare state. Right. And they, and they say this as like a kind of, this is, this is a sign of the decline of our great civilization. And it's like, okay, yeah, to a certain extent, but if you really look at what the church the church, okay, and I'm not talking about Protestant, sort of Protestantized denominations with soup kitchens, which are doing good work. What I'm talking about is what what you're saying, mm-hmm. the church wasn't simply uh, the handout machine that could as easily come from the state, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. the moment that you're just talking about the churches, why not? Like, What's the problem? Just think of the state as a big church and it gets handouts. Why are you mad about that? You just just want your handouts to come from like people that aren't bureaucrats. Okay. Well, let's, let's not. Okay. I won't. Come on. I'll get into it later. The state is a church. (laughs) That's the most ridiculous thing. (laughs) Okay. We're back. Uh, (laughs) Um, what you're saying is that the church gave productive property to the poor. Right. Right. Which is something that neither the church is in their charity nor the state in its programs um, is doing right now. Right. So yeah. both are welfare statist depart- departures from um, distribution.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think people see where we're going with this, but but let's just before we get into it too much, let's we need say more fish. let's just talk about fish again. <laughs> so what if we we change this adage a little bit instead of yeah. saying like. Hey, it's kind of heartless not to like give a man a fish when he's hungry, yeah. and then you're just like training him instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about that very heartwarming Will Smith movie uh, years ago, The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm. Where the guy's like has a, a volunteered what was that like a, a internship as it were yeah and he's like has to work for months for free while yeah. he's living in a bathroom yeah. yeah and nobody wants to live in a bathroom and until he finally gets the job he cultivates the skill he gets gets his career and then he you know, like makes millions eventually. <laughs> exactly american dream come true yeah it's brought to be. you by hollywood but that's heartless you know how is it that we could say that that's a good right. good thing? Of course, you need to give that man a fish at the same time. Yeah, get him and his child out of the bathroom. It's just it's just wrong. Yeah. So, but I think there's still a problem with that too. So, so, so the problem of, with
1: giving a fish, and you're combining them. So you're saying, uh, yeah. give a man a fish. And teach him to fish. Yeah, don't. Why distinguish these?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this sounds pretty good to me. Well, it's it's on the right track. Okay. It's a lot better than just leaving the man in the bathroom.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like the fish metaphor and the bathroom thing are like combining in my that head. That guy it's is like, trying
0: again. You're like his throwing a fish at him when he's out <laughs> of the crapper. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the issue, of course, is that uh that man left to another plight or or distance from you is not able to actually he's not actually matured. He what he actually has is still an absolute dependence on you because he doesn't have a fishing pole.
1: Mm, okay. So we're
0: at this we're at this place where he can he he's cultivating right. the skill. Yep. He has things to eat. Yep. But he's now At best, a servant of yours, because he's using your things. I see. To probably work for you at a at a certain point.
1: Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this goes back to what you were saying. The interpretation in in your hometown was right, which is that what you do to teach a man a fish is you provide the capacity for him to get a job.
0: Yeah, but even then, growing up, it was always. Let the impersonal forces of the market mm-hmm. take its, mm-hmm. you know, play out. And it might not be this guy that we're helping, but it'll be another guy that we're helping. Okay. So it's already I- impersonal. So
1: there's a there's a threefold obligation. You, you give mm-hmm. the man a fish. That mm-hmm. is, you meet his immediate material needs yeah. because, damn it, he's a brother in Christ. Yep. And you don't leave him on the road. Yep. Okay. Number two, you teach a man to fish, right? Because it is true that merely providing for material needs without... Treating a person as an adult, right? Who has a destiny Mm -hmm. who is destined to rise to the full stature of Christ within the church.
0: See the dynamism there, that you're lifting them up, you're rising. That rising is like a real period in their life. That's that's you know, going from childhood to adulthood, and that doesn't happen at the you know, blink of an eye.
1: Totally. So so you also at the same time you teach them to provide for themselves, Mm -hmm. but you don't make this kind of weird conservative blind spot thing where you imagine that somehow pure job creation or pure teaching, like mm-hmm. skill development or something silly like that, go to the university. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learn to code, um, as if that itself will somehow produce a, a productive, um, a productive member of society. It's like no, you have to give them productive property. So you have got to, yeah. and that's the fishing pole.
0: Yeah. So give the man a fish. Give him a fish. While you teach him to fish. While you teach him to fish. With the fishing pole that you gave him. With the fishing
1: pole that you gave him. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome, right? It's yeah. awesome. And, it, and it's just what I think any good father does. It, so it goes really... right back to real economics. Yes. It's there. Th- yeah, there's this difference.
0: We have to talk about real economics.
1: Right, and real economics is always analogously, but still always attached to the household. right? And so a father does not teach his son to fish and then deny him the use of a fishing rod. Yeah. Fathers give good gifts. <laughs> they give good gifts. Yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: So, and, but it really does speak to this idea as well, that real poverty cannot, cannot be abolished, eradicated, solved, fixed without gift. Mm. Like the order of love r- really does offer the solution and the only solution but isn't isn't this like the f-
1: this is like the fundamental problem that the catholic mind this is the fundamental conflict right because if you look at the left they're not saying gift in fact what they're despairing is in they're despairing in the idea that gift will solve anything and so they're saying redistribution through the force of the state right Mm. And by which they don't necessarily mean the redistribution of productive property. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But in the capitalist is is the same thing. He's he's despairing in gift as yeah. solving um, uh, the problem of poverty, and so he's saying, um, work through like through work. <laughs> I was going to just quote Auschwitz. <laughs> work will set you free. Ah, ah. <laughs> Sorry. You ever accidentally quote the Gates of Auschwitz because you're just trying to describe a capitalist position? Dude, that's scary. Does that happen? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unknowingly.
1: Yeah. So, but in both cases, what's being disparaged in is that gift is really possible, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And gift that is a real separation. So this is a problem that people have a lot when they think of, okay, I want to give someone something, but they don't actually want to separate from what they're giving. And so what they end up is creating a more detailed relationship of dependence uh, uh you know like oh i want to give someone and by what i'm what i'm what i want to give to someone what do i mean by that i mean i want to give them a job right and that job is still totally dependent on your capital so yeah. you create a class of renters who Ooh. are wage or people who just need a wage
0: or things like that yeah and that's a really good point is when people think about giving somebody a job today it's giving them a service sector job yeah. that they do not have ownership of the company right where they are working nine to five yeah taking orders which again like these aren't bad things in and of themselves, but they they never raise up the person right. into and, adulthood. And, and the
1: popes have said this again and again, that labor, it should be orientated towards ownership.
0: Like- yeah, so yeah, talk about this for a second, because there's there's another problem that we kind of missed with the whole uh, teach a man to fish thing, is that once that guy has the real skills, yeah. then he has labor, but no capital. He doesn't have the fishing pole, and labor without capital is unemployment,
1: right? Right, right, right. I know it's totally true. Like, and and, and this is actually true. Like, people... or
0: or or it's servitude. It's one of the two. It's either unemployment or you're a servant.
1: Well, I want to talk directly to unemployment. Yeah. and you talk to servitude because okay. here in the in the Middle West, um, the idea as different mills have closed and coal has sort of just continued to decline as a source of income, um, there's been a lot of people telling. The poor of our particular region to learn to code, to retrain themselves within yeah. the digital economy. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So I ha- I have a friend who did just that. He did it. He he got into a program that was sort of a development program from people in California taking pity on Appalachia. God bless him. Uh, Over and- here eating our <laughs> raisin
0: pie. I don't know why I turned into a southerner. I don't know. That's don't not don't really, really why really. we talk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, uh, he did. So he did. He went, yeah. learned code, uh, two, two year program, I think. Um, and then he got out and couldn't get a job, literally could not get a job anywhere because number one, the things he'd learned were already being superseded Right. Yeah, to exactly. really get the jobs that he needed. Um, he needed a whole nother degree of training, uh, which would be another like two years. And most of the companies that were doing big tech were farming out their coding work overseas. Um, and the, like the idea, why am I complaining about this? Oh, I mean, because why am I complaining about this?
0: Because to give a man skills with no right. job
1: it is skills with no capital, no capital. Yep. Yeah. Unemployment.
0: Yeah. It's unemployment. So, but there's also the other side is where it's just servitude. And again, it's better to be a servant than on your butt with no, um, with with no no job at all and no way of taking care right, of himself, the and, and prodigal even, son says, right, like, yeah, treat,
1: treat me as a slave in your household. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, this is you know, it is a step up from being in the pig's pig slop, but but you also find that this is something that God directly speaks about mm. in His law in Leviticus and again in Deuteronomy, where He says that if if, if your brother falls on hard times, sells all he has can't get off the ground even with a loan that you give him mm-hmm. which of course you don't have interest on then you take him into your home as a servant as an indentured servant but not just him his whole family you care for the whole family which is expensive to do they will wow. they might break even on what they produce for you if you do have productive property and they're working on your land and such but it's very very expensive so this this really is an act of charity wow. on the part of on uh, the brother who takes in his his brother his his, his his brother and his family, but it's not meant to be that way, yeah. you know, and it's not meant to stay that way. And that's yeah. the whole point of the year of jubilees, where people will go back to the land that they had previously yeah. owned, yeah. and that's what 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 God is is has ordered the universe to be, where where it's all this cosmic gift to all of us, mm-hmm. um, and and we are to help our brothers receive that gift. Yeah. So our job is to, to participate in that gift giving of God. Mm-hmm. And that really does mean giving big gifts away to people yeah. when we can. And, and, you know, most of us who are pro- listening to this don't have productive property ourselves. Sure. Yeah. We're all, know. we're all renting. We're all rent. We're, we're a community of renters here in America. Um, but, but this is, this is something that we all need to be working towards as well. Never presuming gift on the part. I mean, yeah. it gets a little bit complicated. We do have a right as children of God. But we also have to be strategic about how we ourselves can get out of let's, rent.
1: Let's uh, challenge.
0: Mm-hmm. Challenge.
1: Five practical ways mm-hmm. right, in which we either as people on the receiving end yeah. or on the giving end mm-hmm. can implement the Catholic fishy ideal. namely to give a man a fish to teach him to fish and to give him a fishing rod yeah all right i'm gonna start off because i have an idea okay um (laughs) raise the minimum wage advocate for it and 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 give it and i don't mean necessarily just the minimum wage in the sense of like what the state sets as the minimum wage Mm -hmm. i
0: mean raise your wages
1: yeah because listen to me
0: uh wait so clarifying here he's not asking joe biden to rage the federal minimum wage
1: well you'd have to talk me out of that because i'm ignorant as to its effects it seems to me like that just propounds the problem but i don't know for sure what i'm saying is this the popes have been pretty clear that it is not a great condition to just be getting a wage like it's not the point of labor oh yeah So what they advocate for is sort of what you're talking about. If, in fact, we find ourselves in the situation of just earning a wage, which mm-hmm. is not how the world is supposed to be, mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. then it's expedient that that wage is sufficient for the thrifty working man— yeah, to be able to provide for his family. So that idea of taking the family mm-hmm. into the house, mm-hmm. I think it really has an analog in wage right now, right? Yeah. So the wage needs to be considered for the entire family, for his spiritual needs, and also it needs to be enough that he can save for the sake of getting productive property himself, right? That is the ability, and this is what is really tough, like companies need to have integrated into their ethos the idea that your purpose is for your workers to no longer need you. Like you have to have an S a, a apocalyptic view of yourself. Yeah. Like when you work, are you trying to create a relationship in which people have a dire dependence on you? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we did in our side of the rust belt, mm-hmm. right? Companies came in, they provided a pretty good wage. They made a thousands of people completely dependent on them for every aspect of their livelihood. Yeah. And then they left
0: and our town went from 87,000 to 17,000
1: people people, that is yeah (laughs) so but here's here's why i would
0: not push back on this principle because it's right if you own a company you need to raise your rate wages um here's the problem with just the feds telling people to raise their wages one is that uh Well, actually, if you do this universally, it doesn't really matter all that much. But but places like when that happened in Seattle and testing out raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, a lot of companies ended up just not going there. But that's not too big of a problem. The bigger problem was that the prices of property skyrocketed. Hmm. So it actually... People were smart enough to realize that if people are getting paid more, if the lower classes are getting paid more, then they could start to afford the, the houses and gain productive property themselves. But not wanting to lose it, the capitalists ended up raising the prices of everything, buying up more things. And so it actually it, it increased inequality as a result.
1: Marx depressed. Ah!
0: where are you going i hate it i hate
1: it. it's a bad world donatus
0: it, 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 it is a bad world so this, okay. that's why i'm saying it it can't be necessarily a, a state-imposed okay. operation maybe okay. if it was universalized you could get there a little bit okay. but I, I think that it really would just increase the the prices of of various assets, which would at least assets. confirm
1: what we started out by saying is that there's no way around gift
0: right well and this is what i'm saying is that why it has to come to the to the job of the cfo or the ceo to raise the wages of the employer employees is because it it really does take virtue Mm -hmm. if it's just something that they're mandated to do then they're going to find a way around it
1: yeah and i guess i guess really this is only point one so we better hurry up but basically (laughs) um
0: it well, just be, get around it by making your employees I was say, owners. I know, I was Number say, two, that's that's the yeah. real
1: thing. Like wages yeah. are just this weird, like momentary situation that really should be akin to almost charity.
0: Yeah, like yeah. it's
1: all it's not quite, but it's almost charity. You need to get over it. Yeah, get over wages. Yeah, yeah wages yeah. suck.
0: Yeah, yeah. The third thing <laughs> is second. That, we only did six. no no no. Oh, oh no, problem Okay, okay. Good. So that they can themselves like save enough money to yeah. be able to get out of their their bad situation of poverty second one is employee-owned companies yeah third one is buy up hundreds of thousands of acres and Mm -hmm. give them away you don't actually even don't need all that much i mean you could really have a family uh if they're if they're cooperating with probably what what do you think three other families around them survive on three acres yeah if they're if you're also bringing them animals yeah so And people say it's so expensive, all this stuff, and it's really not. You can have self-sustaining farms.
1: It's true. Yeah. We got them here.
0: We got them here. They rule. Okay. Number four. Oh, my gosh. I went for the last two.
1: What time is it? <laughs>
0: all right, hurry up. Go, go, go. Number four. We gave him three. <laughs> number, number four is... Uh, I, I would actually say that you need to find people who have business ideas that are not going to return a huge investment or is pretty much going to buy them a job. I mean, that's that's a phrase that you hear a lot of times. It's like, you never want to invest in a company that only buys you a job. Sure, you're going to make $150,000 a year from this company, but that's pretty much just your salary at a, at a good company. But you need to be able to actually While that might not be a good investment for you, it's a great investment for somebody else. So buy people jobs. In other words, buy people their own companies. Mm, Okay, I don't understand yet. Somebody around here wants to start a screen printing company. Okay. It doesn't cost that much to be able to get the equipment. Yeah. Buy that guy the equipment that he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, and once, and and you might have to raise him up to say, you know, this is a commitment, you know, come work for me for a little while. I mean, this is what God's system was in his law in Leviticus. Like when the person is a indentured servant, it's like you're teaching him how to be responsible at that, at that point, he might've just fallen on hard times, but he also might've been foolish to get himself in those hard times and, uh, and to be a servant to your brother, You're learning again, you're learning responsibility, you're learning fidelity, patience, fortitude, real habits of soul that you need to be successful uh, as a father and as the head of your personal economy of your household. Uh, So that guy might need some help, give him that help, and then give him the seed money that he needs. Mm -hmm. And then don't expect that money back. Mm -hmm. Number four. Yeah, yeah
1: that's awesome number
0: five <laughs> the <laughs> end of the a, challenge It's the ninth is, inning yeah. <laughs> um
1: okay so we are okay giving the giving the fishing rod talked about giving actual property oh um no that won't work oh no uh <laughs> oh here's one yep exercise the habit of collective ownership mm. so i think that this is um something that's crucially missing for a lot of people that think things like because a lot of this can sound like the only people that have the power to really help are the wealthy who have the ability to give great gifts so people that can be magnificent um and that's true i mean like to be clear the problems we have are because the rich are not being magnificent so it's no like it's not disempowering to say that it's not like saying like We're just all waiting on, you know, the wealthy. It's like, we are, (laughs) that's, that's because they're failing. Like that's fine. Um, but there is, um, collective ownership is a way in which those without much capital, without much money can get productive property, um, for themselves if they have the ability to share. So it's a form of ownership which requires virtue, right? It does not work if you're vicious and you're actually after just private gain. Like you have to have a commons with a common good in mind. And I mean, I think of things like going in on buying land that you can all use yeah. to farm, to produce, going in on common machinery that you can all use to,
0: um, so an example, put in so we have a space in our in our parish here that could be used as a commercial kitchen right
1: absolutely so this is uh, this is a really good point in mind if i I try it Mm -hmm. because um we have like six or seven people in town all of whom are perfecting the art of bread baking (laughs) the pandemic has been beautiful here (laughs) i've never eaten so well um now they all have a kind of they have a skill
0: right. Mm-hmm. They've
1: been taught to fish as a were. Yeah, uh, and even because they have other jobs and stuff, they have the means by which to fish, AKA <laughs> produce bread. Um, but <laughs> what's lacking is some of the really basic needs for being able to make that, um, more profitable for them so that it really tends towards greater ownership. And one of those things is just a commercial kitchen because, because of the weird laws that we have, um, you can't sell bread um, without it coming from a commercial kitchen. Now, a commercial kitchen costs a lot of money. So people have the money they need to produce good bread, but weirdly, they don't have the money they need to produce it in such a way that they can sell the really good bread. Uh, and this is, a pro- this is a huge problem with living in a kind of regulated industrial society is that poor people cannot meet um, the requirements not for the basic doing the thing, working hard, and producing the product but for it for meeting the regulations by which that product is deemed safe right (laughs) and that is basically where these bakers find themselves so the idea is simple churches in small towns almost inevitably have a commercial kitchen in their basement maybe this is just our part of the world but it's incredible like you will find like like three ovens, the full freezer, the like like the beautiful countertops and like a you know range that has like twelve uh, uh, stoves because it's mm-hmm. ready for pancake breakfast or like the Knights of Columbus fish fry. Yeah, That is capital yeah. that is sitting there, yeah. and often only gets used like once or twice a year. When the Knights finally fry the fish, you know? <laughs> and and for the rest of the year, it just sits. Because they sits. don't make the donuts. Yeah.
0: They go to the Dunkin' Donuts and get the donuts.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's not call people out. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> I keep calling out the Knights. Uh, we love the Knights. Sort of. But get a collective together, right? Start a little guild. Call it what you want. It's the Bread Baker's Guild of, of Rust Belt, Ohio. And work out a deal with your priest that you can use that... Kitchen every morning, uh, every weekday morning, or whatever, and then you're producing bread together, and then you know, go in together on some means of selling it because you need some capital for a storefront. Maybe you need a delivery system, whatever it is. Um, you can do it by combining what little resources you have. You know, this is basic stuff. Like you all have a little, put it in, make a lot, and then divide the profits.
0: Yeah, I like it. There's your five things. Cool. Here's the here's the last thing, very quickly. <laughs> If you don't do this, rich, you inevitably come, come to this place where there is class warfare. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you hear this a lot. If, if the rich don't give, well, inevitably the poor come banging on, on the gates of their house. And that's, the, that's, that's not good. There are cases for just war, but, that in, but war only comes about when virtue fails. On one side or yeah, another, wow. yeah. And so this is this is a time when when charity defeats that. Avoid war. Yeah, I mean, give gifts.
1: I certainly don't want the poor banging on my door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that happens.
1: <laughs> Actually, it does. I. I uh,
0: but because they know they'll get stuff from you. <laughs> well, yeah, and they just.
1: The, I I live next to a. Uh, I did. They moved recently, but a uh, group home, which is a really bad program that was just stuffed 16 uh, people with mental disabilities into one house and tried to profit off of the checks they received from the government and they're great um and maybe that's another and they knock on my door which is great and one of the things that i realize that we should probably discuss is the fact that there are people who need us and will not be able to learn how to fish yeah Right. And so I think that one of the things that we should never forget is that the, the habituation that comes with children, like having children Mm -hmm. is not just for its own. It's not just for the sake of that kind of sending off. Right. So we can talk this way and say like, oh yeah. It's for raising them up. It's for raising them up. No, yes, it is for raising them up. But and that is the ideal. But we also live in this fallen world, right? So it's also a learning for how to be habituated to just simply giving, and to look at people and say, "Oh, you are you are an opportunity for for me to simply give." Mm -hmm. Um, And because if you don't have that, if you don't have that learning, what we come to do is despise. I think people that just need gift I think right we right. start to look at them and say like oh like you're kind of failing to thrive or somehow yeah. Yeah. right instead of bemoaning that as a result of the fall and then saying but look at what god has wrought i now have an opportunity to grow yeah. um by giving and and you have an opportunity to grow by receiving and yeah. and that's, that's all we're going to have that's for huge. this particular relationship that's huge
0: yeah we can't kill them like our children are, are our old people so we usually just export them away anyways oh on that my. happy note we will see you next do- time all
1: right well that's a nice depressing <laughs> way to end jacob all right uh we talked about fish today we're going to talk about more money matters tomorrow if you have any questions right if you want us to address something in particular on this podcast shoot us an email i'm mark at new polity this is jacob at new um and let us know what we can discuss i know nothing jacob knows some things so together <laughs> We'll tell you something good.
0: Bye. Bye.